You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Thank you, Mark Singer. Welcome to a, your weekly blast to the past with 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. I'm the other, Daniel Sanangelo. And with us, as always, our loyal, like a painted tiger producer, <laughs> Jesse Sedgley. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's right, everybody. The Beastmaster, one of the greatest fantasy movies of the 80s, right here, right now. Awesome. You have seen this one before, correct, Daniel? I, like a go, I go with the Rambo like 20 times, but it has been a while, probably mm-hmm. 10 years. Really? Yeah. I know there was a stretch there. Certain channels played it. I watched every. it a ton when I was a kid. It was kid, almost yeah. like a regular occurring TV show. Oh, Beastmaster's on. Cool, great. I'm going to watch it again on TBS. But anyway, released August 20th, 1982. IMDb 5.9. Rotten Tomatoes 45%. People, what are you thinking? <laughs> Budget estimated eight million. Opening weekend two point nine. Domestic gross fourteen million. I could find no info on the worldwide gross, so let's say it made sixteen worldwide. Probably call it, call it became square. a lot better known later, like cult, like later oh, yeah. on. One this is those. a true cult classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by the great Don Coscarelli. Of course, he did the original. I think the first two or three Phantasms, maybe on all four of them. I don't remember. I know he did, I think, the, at least the first two, but uh, more recently he did Bubba Hotep with Bruce Campbell, mm-hmm. star of next week's movie. Ooh. Mm, what could it be? Mm. I don't know. It could be tying into some major theatrical release next Friday. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and he also, Coscarelli also wrote it in, along with Paul Pepperman, and it was based on a novel called The Beastmaster by Andre Norton, which I've never read or heard of, but yeah, made a great movie, so... Cool. Starring the great Mark Singer. I love this dude. He's awesome in V. Uh, he was recently in Eagle Eye and also the remake of the TV series V. And he's like super old now. Uh, and he was also in that movie we talked about on the Xanadu episode, Deadly Game with uh, dude from Xanadu. And I forgot his damn name. Nah, I don't mind. From the Warriors, that guy. <laughs> Whatever his name Anderson? was. Anderson? Oh, no. shit. God, I can see his face and like, I can't think of his damn name. What are you thinking about? The lead guy from Xanadu. He was also in the Warriors. What was his name? Michael his something? His name was... Michael Beck. Michael Beck, yep. With Michael Beck. It was a USA original movie we talked about there. And then, two of the best reasons for the movie. Tanya Roberts. Of course, is Kiri. She was in... She was a Bond girl in A View to Kill. And she was also, as you mentioned earlier, off the podcast on that 70s show. Which I never watched. But I always wanted to because it had Clarence Boddicker in it from Robocop. Mm-hmm. As the dad. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't remember his name, real name, but... Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I remember when uh, the show came on. Red, off. what is his name in the show? He's one of, yeah, he's one of my 
I've watched the show enough. He's one of my favorite parts. Of, mm-hmm. of I just like he's. A, I think he's all. Of course, mainly because of RoboCop. His character in that is just so Kurt Wood freaking Smith. awesome. Kurt Wood Smith. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and then Rip Torn, one of the best names in show business, was Mayax. Of course, he was uh, Zed in Men in Black. Uh, I can't remember if he was in the third one or not. He, w- he, was. he died in the third one. Spoilers. Oops. Well, son well, of a he bitch. He was never in it. Okay. It starts off with <laughs> a funeral scene. That's, yeah, that's right. That's why I didn't remember. And of course, he was the uh, trainer in Dodgeball. Yeah. Was he, wasn't he in a wheelchair or something? Yeah. Like, throwing wrenches. I remember him throwing the wrenches and <laughs> growling at everybody. And he also possesses one of the greatest mug shots in bad mug shot, bad celebrity mug shot history. So YouTube that or uh, Wikipedia that if you want to see that, and what then is, what is he mugshot for? Drunk driving or something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. One of those celebrity maladies. I got to see uh, this. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk grandpa. Yeah. And he's kind of happy kinda about half it too. Smiling. <laughs> Busted. And then uh, John Amos was Seth. Of course, he was in Die Hard too. Most people might remember him from Coming to America. He was. Uh, he was the owner of like the McDonald's knockoff restaurant, and I think most people know him. Good time. That was the next thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I really like him. They're making a film. Strangely enough, <laughs> hopefully he's in it. Film? He's dead. John Amos is not dead. He's not dead. Oh, I thought, he must have left the Good Time Show then. I guess because he died in the Good Time Show. Because I thought he died in real life. <laughs> Hmm, I did not know that. Well, I never watched Good Times. I'm well, I ha- watched it at first because of JJ. I'm happy because I always thought he was. Well, that's what we. That's why this podcast <laughs> exists to educate movies, people. Well, I tell me some of that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of TV shows. Yeah, he's really. That's all I was looking at. Uh, I haven't. I, I'm not a big fan of Medea. So. <laughs> Thirty Rock, you're white, two Daniel. and a half men. <laughs> My name is Earl. Psych, which I remember him from. Uh, West Wing, yeah. West a lot, Wing. a lot of TV. About the Andersons, yeah. A lot of oh, TV. Good for him. I thought he was dead. <laughs> good for him for staying Thanks, alive. John Amos, for not dying and making yeah. Daniel's day. <laughs> as we mentioned at the beginning, you've seen this movie upwards of 20 times, as have I. Uh, it was a weekly write, almost on Saturday nights oh, on TBS. talking about the weekly, the show. <laughs> well, it is a weekly write if you like the 80s. <laughs> you better be listening. But uh, I remember all too often, Saturday nights when I was in junior high, grade school, Saturday night, getting in from playing, eating, taking a bath, whatever, and the Beastmaster would be on TBS, and it was back then. You know, they they still do. They'll play like a movie like at seven, then they'll play another movie at nine, and then at eleven they'll play the seven Same o'clock movie. movie again. And we'd watch Beastmaster like three times. I used to watch TBS. I used to watch TBS all the time. I mean, t- TBS mm. and USA were the best channels mm. ever when uh, I was a kid. Uh, just between the cartoons they had, and then I know TBS always had Looney Tunes on in the morning. I used to. They had this kind of three-hour block from 4 to 4.30. From 4 to 5, Save by the Bell came on. Mm-hmm. From 5 to 6, Family Matters. From 6 to 7, uh, America's Funniest on Videos. I did I did that so many times. Watched <laughs> just three hours in a row. It was awesome. a very, very good time. Oh, definitely. And then I remember, like, in the morning, USA, they had the Cartoon Express, like Scooby-Doo, Blue Falcon. Sometimes they had Justice League, or not Justice League, but uh, I forget the 80s, Super Friends. Yeah. Kind of stuff like that. Super friends will it's, be arriving. Soon. It was just awesome. They don't. I don't because like, like I wake up Saturday mornings and I'll be like, I want to eat my Lucky Charms and watch some cartoons like I did when I was a kid. And I'll I'll search for cartoons and there's no freaking cartoons on. It's all just like live action, like kitty crap. And occasionally, like like at eleven, I'll see like that Justice League cartoon or something or Green Lantern. 
it's like when I was a kid, we got up like at six in the morning, Best watched thing. Looney Tunes for an hour, and then you had like just nothing but badass cartoons till like eleven, twelve. Best thing to do now, just get on DVD and put well, pop a DVD or Blu-ray in or whatnot. That's what I do. There's one channel. It's like I don't even know how to describe. Nine? It's like nineteen or something or sixteen. Oh, okay. But they'll play like in the on Saturday mornings. It, it's not every week, but it seems like every other week, I guess, when they rotate the program. But they'll play. An episode of Master of the Universe, episode of She-Ra, and then an episode of, or no, excuse me, Brave Star, Master of the Universe, and She-Ra. And so I catch that randomly, but it's not like a weekly thing, so disappointing. But I have the DVDs, like you said, so I could just pop those in if I wasn't already, or too lazy to, after <laughs> I pour my Lucky Charms and sit down like, right oh before, shit. Right before you go to bed on Friday night, just stick them in. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just ready to go. <laughs> That's a good idea. I need a multi-disc changer. <laughs> Why do they still make like those? Like a jukebox, basically. But <laughs> basically. <laughs> you just go in and press a, a bunch of one you want. That'd be awesome. <laughs> but you've seen it a whole bunch. I've seen it a whole bunch. So let's talk about it. What do you think of the Beastmaster? Uh, I don't know how it got so low on Rotten Tomatoes, but this is, again, one that if I didn't see it, maybe I wouldn't like it as much if I didn't see it as a kid as much mm-hmm. as I did. You know, Because you can get a little... Some of it's kind of corny. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> Way cheesy, but um, there's just those, some memorable moments. Yeah. Like, uh, spoiler alert, you know. This used to be very sad when, uh, which one went? One, one of the ferrets got. Yeah. I don't think they actually say until, like, the sequel which one's still around. Yeah. I always assume it's Kodo. <laughs> this is the one that <laughs> saves him in the end. Body Mayax in the neck and. Yeah. Ah! He I mean, gets stabbed was... in the chest, and then he's like, a ferret jumps on his neck, and, ah! and the weight like, of the ferret what... just keeps. <laughs> that's what doesn't mean. <laughs> Never knew that about the tiger until I read the thing on it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that in a second to fill in all the people. Um, oh, thinking we already mentioned I was out. I, I was off. The that podcast. was off mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tangy Roberts is very nice to look at. Oh yes. Needs a couple of acting chops. <laughs> she wasn't there for her acting. Yeah. I wonder who the other chick was. She was pretty hot too. Yeah, who decided? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to show your boobs too at the time. Yeah, PG everybody and full frontal nudity. Well, not full frontal, but <laughs> mostly top frontal. And just like with some of the, it's one of those things where Mark Singer, you wouldn't want anybody else to play that yeah. part. Like that I was love that him. was like, him. You know, th- that part was for him. <laughs> the thing that, and watching it this time, because I, again, I have it on DVD, I've seen it a hundred times. Uh, I probably haven't watched it from start to finish in probably maybe a year or two. That's one of those, you, kinda get, you just kind of get in the mood for when you want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, haven't seen it on TV in a while, strangely enough, since we talked about how often it used to come on. Uh, but the whole time I'm watching it, one of the things that just kept occurring to me was like, it's almost like it's medieval Star Wars, in yeah. a way. Because his village gets destroyed, he kind of goes on a quest... You got it's, your R2-D2 thing. In a, in a mm-hmm. sense. I mean, you have his loyal companions. <laughs> and he reminded me of Luke, just I mean, Mark Hamill, the mm-hmm. way, you know, not just in his looks, but just kind of the way he, like, handles situations and everything. <laughs> but, yeah, this movie is just so fucking awesome. Like John Amos a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I never care for the boy. Yeah, he's, all, <laughs> he's just kind of there for the for the plot to yeah, have like plot line. so you can have like oh wait no Dar is actually the firstborn of the king blah 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 you should be king like there's um the the big old little pyramid deal mm-hmm. jig they built that at a big incline 
because I think it's pretty freaking steep. When you see shots of uh, Mark Singer like fighting up it, that that dude's got to be pretty good bit in shape. He looks like he's in shape, yeah. but like, well, the steps look like they're like three inches yeah, each, I and mean, they're all sword fighting. Like he's on basically it and... climbing. You're not walking up it. You're you're climbing with your hands to help you as well. <laughs> and then you, like them dudes like rolling down. I felt so sorry for him. You could see um, John Amos, uh, Seth, a couple of times. When it shows them walking up towards the end, right before the the big thing happens, and he reveals his S and M outfit, <laughs> but uh, like he's using his hands to walk up. Yeah, but he's probably like, <laughs> and it, like yeah, the whole fight scene. Dara makes it to the top, and he's still kind of at the bottom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, I enjoy this movie. I still do. Um, it's just a good, simple movie. Like you know, it's a. I like it honestly. I like it better than either of the Conans. Me too. And I, lo- yeah. I love the Conan yeah. movies, but this movie just it just got a little more charm to it, I guess. And of course, the fan, the little more well, not more fantasy, but you know the the aspect of uh, you know he's, how he's the beast master and uh, yeah. like the different you know the the vampire. I don't even know what their that race is called, but the, the those that worship scared eagles. Me when I, when was, I was a kid too, I was like <laughs> Jesus. And the thing is, when the first time I saw Beastmaster, I probably saw it three times before I saw it from the beginning, because you'd catch it on TV, and yeah. of course back then. You had to catch it when it started, or you didn't get it. You know, you uh, didn't have it. It wasn't exactly a. Uh, I don't even think the video stores where we lived even had it. Because I remember looking for it a couple of times to like so I could see it from the beginning, till I finally caught it at the beginning on TV. Because I don't even know at the end. I I'd, I'd usually always catch it when um, he meets up with uh, Seth. So I, I never really knew what the those things were. Like the, the whole beginning yeah. part to like maybe the fifth time I caught it. Like <laughs> I got it there. So I was always like, what the heck is this? These things are scary. It's like in that noise. Like, whoosh, whoosh. And to me it was a the soupy. Yeah. <laughs> like the fly. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> just disintegrate them. It's just awesome. And it, it really has, especially uh, since we watched Willow not too long ago as well. And I watched it recently too because it came out on Blu-ray. Uh, it has a Willow vibe to it. You know, that, that it has that stark fantasy there's like medieval and fantasy, like two separate genres in one movie, in a sense. That makes any logical sense as to what I'm saying, but it just, it, it's a good blend of a sword fighting movie, even though it's really slow and choreographed. It, you know, it kind of reminded me of a little bit the Herculoids. Yeah. With the, with the kind of the buds <laughs> helping them. Yeah, with the little blob thing. Yeah. You got your, I don't remember what the damn big old know, yeah, flying but, thing, the flying dinosaur or whatever. Compares to the eagle, you got yeah. <laughs> Tundra would be uh, the tiger. Tiger, yeah. Gleep and Gloot would be Koto and Poto, yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe Herculoids was actually based on the Beastmaster. And they couldn't get the rights, so they just let's take the same thing and just change it up a bit. But, but yeah, yeah. I this really... movie is I just I love it to death. <laughs> it's just awesome. Like now, can't say the same for the sequels. Never watched any. Oh God! Anything past? Maybe I shouldn't. You shouldn't. Like the second, the second one does the the cardinal rule, or the, or the the thing that a fantasy movie should not do. They it's called Beastmaster Two. It's called Beastmaster Two through the portal of time. Guess where they come? To our time. Oh great! New York City. And it's terrible. <laughs> Is it New York? I think it. Was, I mean, I, I saw it once, and then like, okay, fuck this. I'm gonna watch the original. Like these don't. It's like Highlander. <laughs> like only the first one exists. Right. Right. Uh. And the third one was a made-for-TV movie, which again was worth watching once because you know it's Mark Singer as the Beastmaster, and they you know the light the 
Rue became a lion instead of a painted black tiger. And uh, the one cool thing about it was the kid that played, uh, I don't forgot his brother's name, but the little annoying kid in the first one was actually played by Casper Van Dien. Oh, really? So it was yeah, pretty funny. King Tao. To, to give you a, a, a gauge of the acting chops in the movie. Yeah. You know, he was in it as the, as the brother. So, I mean, they're worth, if you love the first one, they're worth watching once. Like, I will never watch them again. Except, like, my kid's like, Dad, I love the Beastmaster, blah, 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 blah. Oh, there's two more. Yay! Like, okay. Let me ruin it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I shouldn't tell them. Like, keep it, <laughs> keep it safe and pure. And keep there was it a, Keep it safe. Keep it safe. <laughs> there was a, a TV series, too, for a while, which I never watched at all. Uh, I just saw the preview for it and, like, this, eh. I know it's not good. It seemed like it was trying to you know, be like Hercules Xena, but the look of it just, you could tell it kind of wasn't even at that level, mm. at least to me. And there's a picture of it, and he has a not not horrible rating on IMDb, a five point eight point one less than the actual movie. Yeah. Went three seasons. Wow. Maybe I should at least check it out once. Or not? Yeah, I got better things to do. Yeah, who's the chick? Let's see. Oh, she's cute. Yeah. She looks like she. Bjerk. It looks like. You wouldn't want to do anything wrong to her. Oh, she was in Jason X? Oh, was she the chick that he did the... Uh, Briggs. One of the greatest... I don't know if that's her, but like Jason X has the greatest... like One of the greatest horror movie kills ever. He's like dead, and it's in the future. And a uh, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> he does kill people. But the chick's like not looking away, and he like sits up, and then she looks back, and he's not there. And she kind of doesn't register at first when he grabs her from the back, and he puts her head in liquid nitrogen. And you see it from the sink, so like her face freezes. And he pulls her out and just slams her on the counter. <laughs> so her face just shatters. It's awesome. It's like one of those like unique horror movie. It's like instead the, of just a machete to the face as usual. Those shocking like, it up. laugh moment type death. To me, like my favorite one besides Samuel the shark. I mean, mm-hmm. is, this wasn't a death, but when Joker put the pin. The pencil to oh. his eye. Yeah. Oh, she's <laughs> like, holy shit. It's so yeah, shocking. The, the crowd was awesome at that moment. <laughs> you don't expect it. Uh, but the real thing about that movie, that scene, is like, I wonder how many times it took him to balance that pencil. <laughs> Can you ever try balancing <laughs> a pencil? It depends. The eraser has to be perfectly level. Yeah. If it's been, if you use that eraser one time, you can't balance it anymore. <laughs> it had to be like... What a, if you use the eraser at totally flat? Still, erasing. I mean, because you're erasing, I mean, you, even even like just your natural motion could make it uneven. So it it's possible, <laughs> but I have to experiment. On yeah, that. We'll, do, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> but anyway, let's hit up the trivia for this movie because there are some good little tidbits here. Uh, as we kind of alluded, Daniel alluded to a little bit before, uh, the black tiger was actually, and you could tell if you watched, it, if you've seen the movie, you look at it. The tiger was actually a not a panther; it was a tiger dyed black, which you can pretty see. You see a lot of time where it's just around the mouth. Like, randomly, he has, like, a white goatee, and then yeah. he's solid black again. Uh, and they had to keep applying that, because every time the tiger licked its lips or drank water, it would come off, and just <laughs> over time, it would fade. Uh, and a sad note to that, the actual tiger they used was called Sultan. That was his... The names us humans gave him. I would have named him Richard Paca. Uh, <laughs> but um, about two years after the movie, he, the tiger unfortunately passed away. But even more unfortunately, it was due to the fact that the dye they put on him gave him a skin condition that killed him. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's I'm surprised PETA like... isn't all over this movie for a variety of reasons, like this next one. Uh, the eagle often refused to fly for the shots they needed, so they actually had to drop him out of a hot air balloon to get him to fly. 
stupid eagle. <laughs> like you fucking fly. <laughs> you're a bird. It's <laughs> what you're supposed to do. Uh, and then uh, I guess this was probably due to, to regulations of having a wild animal on set, but the kid that played uh, Tao couldn't be on set with the tiger at the same time. So they had a short actor, uh, adult actor, mm-hmm. like as a fake shimp almost for him because I assume it's probably some regulation. Like no person under this age can be on set with a wild animal. I think they still have some things like that even today. Uh, excuse me. Uh, and first thing my wife noticed about the she'd seen it before and she liked it, but she was talking like, God, everybody's half naked in this movie, which is great for Tanya Roberts and her little friend at the watering hole. I like where this is going. Yeah. But uh, it was pretty much because Don Cassarelli was, uh, he was a big fan of like Bronze Age movies like, you know, Ben-Hur and like, uh, like, like, something like the survival Conan, like, you know, where people didn't wear a whole bunch of clothes because, you know, you're, it was sort of like the transition between caveman to knights. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was saying, I mean, you had weapons, et cetera. So, because he really wanted to do it, basically he wanted to do a sword and sandals flick was his exact verbiage. So that's why you kind of have the, you know, loincloths and scantily clad women all over the place, which I'm not complaining. That's, mm. You know, it's, it's equal parts. You know, your wife can look at Mark Singer and you can look at Tanya Roberts. It works. And then, uh, yeah, like we said, this was like a huge cult movie. And, uh, and it, like we mentioned with the uh, the box office gross, it was modestly, it didn't modestly at the box office, it made its money back. Uh, so it wasn't a failure. And it had two sequels and a TV show, but that, of course those were way later. I think, I'm not sure when part two came out, but it was at least probably eight to ten years later. It was in the 90s. And this was made in 92. Uh, 82, excuse me. We're going to check it out. Came out in 91. 91. Yeah, so exactly. nine years later for a sequel. Which, which, obvi- which I would assume is due to TBS and HBO, uh, which is, of course, where we saw it uh, first. But this was, I always knew it came on TBS a lot. I knew it was a regular on HBO. Uh, but it, it came on so much that HBO was nicknamed, hey, Beastmaster's on. <laughs> and then TBS was the Beastmaster station. Nice. So, just, so people out there who didn't live in this great era would know how it was back then. It was pretty much on all the time. And this was pretty interesting, too. Like I mentioned, Conan, how it kind of, in a sense, is like a Conan movie. Uh, producer Dino De Laurentiis liked Beastmaster so much, he offered Coscarelli the job to direct Conan the Destroyer, which is, of course, the second one. It had Andre the Giant in it. Uh, and he turned it down because he thought the, uh, the script was terrible. Which, it's pretty bad, but it's incredibly enjoyable. <laughs> Not as good as Beastmaster, but... It's worth a watch. And it's funny, too, like you mentioned the costumes. You know, everybody's pretty scantily clad for the whole movie, but it was actually uh, pretty cold where they were filming. So between takes, they were all bundled up in blankets. <laughs> where did they film it? Uh, it was actually in Cal... It was, uh, I forget the name. And there was two places, locations in California. I forget one of them. The other one was Simi Valley, mm-hmm. which is where my parents, when they go out there, that's where they stay, which also is where the three... Me- tons of movies were filmed. The Poltergeist... Yeah. That's where the Poltergeist house is. But, of course, in the early 80s, it was a rural, you know, it was still developed. It was right. underdeveloped. There was nothing there, practically. There was a subdivision like you saw in Poltergeist. And so it was still like wild country, so to speak. So you can go out there and, you know, that's why so many things were filmed out there because it's 30 minutes out of L.A. and you're in the the wilderness. Right, right. I mean, it's, Simi Valley is also where Charles Manson and the Manson family had their ranch. Ah. So, I mean, it's secluded. It's, it's very, very gorgeous. But like I said, like now it's like a metropolis almost because there's every square inch of the valley is now bookstores and Whole Foods and <laughs> In-N-Out Burger, yep. which is great. <laughs> so, 
Yep, body count. Care to take a guess? Uh, Ain't nobody got time for 15? that. Fifteen? Fifteen? I don't know. <laughs> way, way up. Multiply it by nine. Nine? Hundred and twenty? Close. Hundred and thirty-seven. God dang. It was all the villagers in the beginning. There's all the Jun Horde at the end, uh. and everybody in between. I was way off. <laughs> it would start with an S, though. You said 15, right? Yeah. How many do you think Dar killed by himself? 100. 36. Mm. So, he's still the most deadliest person in the movie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And one thing, here's one thing that struck well, me, too. What if there was so like some just total badass... That destroyed the village and he well, got the, the one, killing blow. The on one Jun Horde dude <laughs> yeah. like killed like 47 of them. <laughs> I guess maybe it's the same, like when you see the dude on the horse that doesn't get taken mm. off and everything, maybe it's the same guy killing everybody. <laughs> High kill ratio. Never know. <laughs> His kill to death was good. The bear had a kill. Yeah. The yeah. bat people had a whole bunch of kills. So, but according to did, the internet. Did, did po, po, so Poto, Poto actually had a kill. Well, guys, Koto had a kill. Koto Whichever one is the one that died. That's one kill. Well, that's good. At least animals. I wonder how much the tiger had. He killed a few. Mm-hmm. So, like, cut him loose with this awkward boomerang thing that would no way possibly fly. I wonder if you <laughs> had the save count. Hmm. The eagle had one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Well, all the animals <laughs> saved him at least once <laughs> or twice. Let's, yeah. I'm trying to think. Interesting one. Because the bird clawed the dude's eyes out. The tiger was they were strangling him. It jumped on him from the tree and caught him put with mayax, <laughs> and they said they saved him from quicksand. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of saves in this movie as well. Well, that's what's so awesome. The animals are like such valuable party members. <laughs> it's like in an RPG, like you'd have them all with their special abilities at any time. <laughs> you don't have to like pick. Oh, I can only have two other people with me. Let me take Kodo and the hawk. <laughs> I don't know what you. I, I would take the hawk and the tiger though. I take. Now, see, well, what did he say? He had, uh, Rue was his strength. Koto and Poto was his. Koto and Poto was his cunning, and then the his bird eyes. was his eyes. Yeah. I take cunning and strength then. Be blind. But <laughs> <laughs> I have my cunning. Yeah. Oh, it's an old blind guy. I want to come kill him. Ha ha! My cunning has thwarted your intent. So he can do anything by himself. Pretty much, <laughs> unless it was a direct sword fight. Everything else, the animals. <laughs> And when I was a kid, too, this movie inspired two things that I would do. Like, I think every kid who saw this probably went out and learned how to do the little sword, this very simple, yeah, I hold yeah, my hand yeah. close and I swirl the sword around me, Now I look like a badass. Yeah. But also, I always try to imitate the him calling the bird. <laughs> that's like the hardest, like, that's the hardest thing in the world. Like, it has to, I'm sure he didn't make that noise. Or maybe he did. Maybe he's just yeah, super talented. Post. It's hard to do, yeah. But, I mean, it's like, you know, you hear a noise like, and it's like, you can't do it. It's like impossible. <laughs> So if you can if you can call the bird from Beastmaster, send us a clip of it. And I can't do it. We'll give you something. Some give it's you some love. <laughs> oh, one thing that I was thinking of too was uh, that second kid that he throws in, or that Mayax is about to throw in. Uh, did you notice he was dressed just like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat? No. Nope. He had the yellow the little little girl <laughs> had the yellow tabard on. So that was almost the birth of Scorpion. Had the bird not saved him, in a sense. <sighs> <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. I was like, this kid's dressed just like Scorpion. Like is we're saying, the the... I don't know. It's I'm sure he's gonna, he's gonna up. shout at it. Oh, this is his training montage. Oh, kind of reminds me of Turkish Star Wars. 
Does, <laughs> does he call the bird on this part? Uh, yeah, I think it was actually the first time it shows him do that. The big call. There's this predator. <laughs> that's, that's, that's his predator <laughs> yell. <laughs> I like his training routine. Just, you know, swing a stick. Swirl the sword around, <laughs> run through the water, swinging the sword like a, you know. Oh my gosh. It was very easy to imitate you know, as a kid. It made you feel like a badass. Yeah, no kidding. You just here, swing this around. No choreographer around. Just swing it while the uh, helicopter that, flies over. Is that it? No, no, that was That's, actual bird. He, he's gonna do it. Yeah, music's great. Big anticipation here. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, it's impossible. <laughs> it's about, yeah, 50, 50 seconds in, yeah. So, uh. <laughs> the first thing I'd say to Mark Singer if I met him I was like, do the bird call. Do the call bird. your bird. Call your bird. <laughs> and then, like, sign this copy, my DVD copy of the Beastmaster for me. Because you're a badass. Make him sign it first. <laughs> yeah, I'm better just in case. I'm not called the fucking bird kid. Everybody asked me that. Goodbye. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Like, I really think... I mean, I like Mark Singer. I think he was... Everything I've seen him in, I've liked him in. Uh, but, of course, he didn't kind of go anywhere for the most part. I mean, he didn't kind of take off in a big way like a lot of other actors, mm-hmm. but... Kind of looks a little bit like Lex Luger. He does. Like, he's got yeah. that like the shape of the nose and, like, yeah. I don't know, whatever that's called. More of the nose up. Yeah. yeah. Lex Luger. <laughs> well, maybe they do the Lex Luger story. Super he can play Bowl him. Saturday? They kind of look like Gary Cole. In a way, yeah. Mm. He's, got the, he's got the face shape and like the eyes. Except he's probably done a little more drugs than Gary Cole. Because <laughs> his face looks a little more melted. Maybe. Or maybe he had plastic surgery. Yeah. One of failed. those. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. We love you on 80s Revisited, Mark Singer. Come visit us. <laughs> we'll take you out for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... You want to do your wheelhouse? Or, excuse me, what do we call it? It changes every week. I'm confused. Sports, Sports Rewind. Yeah. Sports <laughs> rewind. All right. Well, Daniel. Oh, you did, yeah. Daniel's Sports Rewind. That's very nice. <laughs> Improv. I feel, I feel like I got to do a good job here. But I'm actually not going to do a rewind. I'm going to do oh. a present because there's something going on that's pretty rare. And... I don't know if anybody here is a big fan of the NBA or whatnot, nope. but the uh, well, anybody <laughs> listening is a big fan of the NBA. But the uh, Miami Heat are, as of this recording, on a twenty-seven game winning streak. Um, that is actually now the second most ever in any major sport event, and it's only behind another basketball win streak, which was the Lakers. I think like seventy-one Lakers or something like that. Hey man, oh, okay. Well, with the Globetrotters, I don't think they've ever lost a game. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> why ain't that recorded? I ain't never seen them dudes lose. Yeah, why aren't they a part of it? <laughs> but the, anyway, there's such a, like, you know, to play against professional teams in yeah. and out, having to travel, you know. I mean, look at that. Come on. He's hanging from the rim. <laughs> Upside down, like Spider-Man. I didn't know we were going to talk about Globetrotters. I'm not talking. I'm <laughs> just saying. They never lose. Did they like, always beat the Washington Generals? They all stand a chance. Continue, anyway, continue. Yeah. We're still I'm talking playing. about basketball. All right, well, screw it. this one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, go, go That's ahead. all with Daniel. I'm, I'm done now. Are you, I want to talk more about the Globetrotters. 
<laughs> yeah, y'all can talk about the Globetrotters. Go ahead. It's basketball. It's sports. That was 80s. Yeah. Really big. They had a cartoon, I think. Even their own cartoon for a while. What'd they do? Just beat up on the jump? Yeah, like, oh, something's <laughs> happening. We better go stop them and, you know, use their basketball skills to thwart criminals. They recently <laughs> came here. Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah. I think they went to the uh, Baton Rouge River Center. See, to me, like, the NBA championship, you know, they have their, they do the championship, but then, like, for them to get the trophy, they gotta, they should have to face the Globetrotters. <laughs> the greatest team who's that, that ever existed. Who's that in that picture right there? I don't have no clue. Was it Metal Arc Lemon? It was Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. Oh, that was Wilt Chamberlain, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one they said, original Globetrotter that they showed. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't, never knew it was a Globetrotter. I don't know if he really was, or God, just did it hang to from that thing be not, you know. <laughs> What is going on? Buckwheat. <laughs> That has to be a photo show. Yeah, he was jumping over the Jets. <laughs> anyway, that was Daniel's sports. <laughs> <laughs> but how? What? What year was the the Laker one team? I think it's seventy one. Oh, so it wasn't like they won thirty three. Well, it might have been a Dual Jabbar might have been on there, huh? And the I think it, I think it was a 70s? little bit before. I think I'm not positive mm-hmm. though. Um, Denver Nuggets had like a fifteen game streak stopped by the Hornets last night. Oh, I bet they were they, pissed. They played the Miami Heat. They come here. Miami Heat come to New Orleans, uh, I think, Saturday or oh, really? Friday. Yeah, I'd love to go to that just to see, you know. Yeah. If, if they win, it's awesome. You know, like, oh, cool, the street. That, the game's know. probably sold out. I imagine. Oh, I yeah. imagine, yeah. More, more than any other, um, basketball tickets are really sold by the stars. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to see. Yeah, like, I can easily see that. Anytime Lakers come, oh, it's a chance to see Kobe. Let's go watch it. Yeah. yeah. They're sold by the opposing team's star. <laughs> That's kind of odd, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Although we got, what's his name? That dude we just signed, I forget his name. Uh, the new guy for the, kind of replaced. Anthony CP, Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis. Yeah. yeah. Kind of took but, over for CP3. So um, I would I would love to go to that game if oh, yeah. I could. I mean, I've never been to an NBA game, so. I'll... I've been to one. Uh, it was, wasn't the best one. <laughs> I mean, was it the Hornets? Or? It was the Hornets. They were playing the Washington Wizards, and the Hornets won, but. It wasn't real. At least it wasn't the Generals. <laughs> no, it wasn't the Generals. <laughs> or the Redskins, because that'd be awkward. Yeah, that would be. Actually, I would like to see that game. Like yeah. arena football style. Foot footskitball. Footskitball. Where are you, Trey Parker? Matt Stone. Where's the basketball sequel? All right, and that ends. It ends the segment. What what segment was it, Jesse? Daniel Sports Rewind. There we go. <laughs> All right. And in the real world, August 20th, 1982. Uh, on August 20th, 1982, the same day this movie was released, a multinational force lands in Beirut to oversee the PLO withdrawal from Lebanon during the Lebanese Civil War. Now, French troops arrive August 21st, and U.S. Marines hit the ground on August 25th. Now, so you know, the Lebanese Civil War was a multifaceted civil war in Lebanon, as the title implies. Uh, but it lasted from 1975 to 1990 and resulted in an estimated 120,000 fatalities. And even today, around 76,000 people still remain displaced within Lebanon. Uh, and it was, uh, over the course of the Civil War, there was a mass exodus of over 1 million people that left Lebanon to look for greener pastures, so to speak. So, not a good time to be in Lebanon. Not that I've ever heard of a good time to be in Lebanon, but that was an especially harsh one. You're Lebanon's nicest time. So if you're displaced and you're listening to this podcast, our hearts and thoughts are with you. Find your and way. Find your way. And come over here and do it, be a guest on the podcast. <laughs> Talk about that. Because you learned something on this podcast. Right. But uh, score-wise, Beastmaster. 
I'm I'm eight, feel eight point four. I was, uh, was going to say eight point two, <laughs> but you spoke before I could prove that I was right. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. Awesome. I'd give it a nine point five. Again, it's my my scores are set sentimental based. I mean, mm. you know, it's equal parts. Well, actually, I mean, that's ha- you know, I guess equal parts, half sentimental, like the value that of of watching it as a kid and growing up with it, so to speak, and then how good the movie is, you know. So translates. Yeah. So I'm, honestly, like a five is five of the, every score that, of the movies that we do that I like is automatic. You know, it's automatic five because I liked it oh, in okay. a sense, and then and then the anything over five is almost sort of how it holds up. That, that's kind of all kind of factor in my scores in a sense of very loose sense. And then of course, like Howard the Duck or Jaws, it doesn't hold up. Like, eh, it goes down. It, you know, it starts at five, and then it, it's a negative two. It becomes a three, and so forth and forth with. But uh, yeah, our uh, last segment, Back to the Future, which was a little bit like your wheelhouse. I mean, uh, I keep, I have it typed on here, wheelhouse. Sports. So I keep saying it. Sports, Sports rewind. Yeah, uh, was modern, but I'll, we're gonna keep it modern for real quick. Uh, Gears, the recent Gears of War came out last. A week ago today, actually, that we're recording this uh, for all you fans on of the Gears of War series on Xbox. I picked it up. Nobody else did. I'm playing it by myself. It's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I thought yeah, Michael no had it. Got it. Does he? Yeah. I haven't seen him on. Well, when I looked on his uh, like his little profile, his last game played was Gears of War, I thought. I thought. I hope so. I'd yeah. love somebody to play with. But uh, real quick on it, uh, if you like the series, uh, I think it's worth picking up. If you really like the series, they don't have Horde mode now. They have a new mode called Overrun, which is a combination of Horde mode and Beast mode from 3, to where the locusts you're fighting are humans. So it's it's adversarial, except one team takes a turn as a cog, the other team takes a turn as the locust. And it's exactly like the Horde and the Beast modes from 3. And the beast, and playing the locust, you get to pick, you know, Ticker, Corpse, or all the different classes, so to speak. And then on the cog side, it's not like Horde mode in that you have, it's like Battlefield style you have set classes you have an engineer soldier they have a sniper one i don't think it's called sniper and then you have a medic but your weapon loadouts are locked which is the only thing i don't like about it if you play as the engineer you have to have a nash all you have is a nash and a repair tool you play as the medic you have a sawed off and a lancer sniper has a the mark mark marks is the name of the sniper rifle in the game now and it's not a long there's long shots in it but that class has a it's like a repeating sniper rifle with a Less of a scope, so it's more like you can almost like a battle rifle, I guess, would be a good way to put it from Halo. And then the soldier has like a Bushka, which is a grenade launcher, and uh, I think a Lancer. But you can't change the loadout of the cog, mm-hmm. so you're basically playing the class. Uh, but to me, that's the star of the game is the overrun mode. Just uh, and then uh, you can even do they have survival, which is the same thing as overrun, except the locust are AI, so you're playing as cooperatively playing against waves and waves of. AI on the same map, but I don't know what you're talking about. That's cool, man. <laughs> Any, everybody else didn't, didn't know either. Just tuned out already, which is fine. But yeah, if you like the Gear series, uh, I recommend it. If you just passingly like three or two or the other ones, there's probably nothing new here for you. So I didn't care for it. Avoid it. Yeah. So if you're a Jesse, don't buy it. If you're a Trey, pick it up. I think I bought the first one and couldn't get through it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Graphics are good. Yeah. Especially at the time, like I like the, watching it played, but some reason I can't get into the whole third person thing. Is that what you think it is? Is like the perspective more like? Yeah, and also um, the style of character—they're all bulky and yeah, like tree trunks. The aesthetic of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of their uh, arms are bigger than 
everything. The females yeah. in the game, their arms yeah. are bigger. <laughs> it's like they have a person glued to their arm. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, everybody's entitled to their get. opinion. Yeah, I don't know why I can just... Can yeah, well, I mean, it's just... There's aesthetic... Like, uh, a perfect example of that would... Similar example would be uh, Wind Waker. A lot of people... Great game, but a lot of people didn't even play it simply because of how it looked. Was that the cartoony version? Yeah. Okay. With, the, what was it? Wait, it was, it was just the Wind Waker. I was thinking yeah, there was some other Wind subtitle Waker. to it, but it was just the Wind Waker. Legend of Zelda, the, Wind Waker, the uh, GameCube one. Mm-hmm. Before... Yeah, Twilight had a Princess play, was on both. Yeah. It was on Wii... And eventually, GameCube came out on back on GameCube. At the okay, wasn't at the same time. Well, it might have been the same time. I don't right? remember. I played it on Wii. So anyway, uh, that does it for most of everything this week. So if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can always email us at eightiesrevisited at gmail.com with any kind of comments, questions, death threats, love letters, innuendos, complaints, suggestions, anything really. Well wishes. Texting, <laughs> audio clips, yes, of, uh, themes, so I don't have to make any. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna keep saying that until somebody sends it. Apparently, that's gonna be the thing, exactly. or if I remember to actually do it. <laughs> and then, of course, on Facebook at Awesome Podcast Network, and then on the Twitters at Awesome Podcasts. I wonder if like one thing they didn't do with the Beastmaster sequels—he always had the same animals. They never like brought in like oh a new animal companion gorilla. Yes, how awesome would that be? <laughs> you know, it would have been like George of the Jungle, but serious. Like he could like communicate with his gorilla, Wolverine, like a duck. You know, how are the well not Honey how would the duck but a duck or you know he doesn't have an ego as a duck, so he can you know search underwater. <laughs> a snake. The that awesome podcast when we think of a snake and then like oh why didn't Dar have a snake? Like Godzilla. He gets Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla's attacking. He's like, just like the bear, he holds up his hand and communicates to Godzilla, and Godzilla's like, eh. You really kind of wonder why. I mean, he had one when he was a little boy. I'm not a wolf. Yeah, yeah or something. Yeah. A swarm of bats. He, <laughs> Even easy to Batman. train. <laughs> bats scare me, Seth. Yeah. Just control every animal. Spiders. Pretty, or maybe that's the thing. It's just certain animals in this universe can communicate like mammal well, the birds a bird so mammals and birds <laughs> I guess it's limited so a whale probably yeah when they were on that little raft thing they, I guess he could have communicated with a whale like Aquaman and <laughs> whale saves him I was thinking about this too before we close out I should have mentioned earlier I guess because most people probably already like oh I'll turn it for the next episode now anyway uh, <laughs> I was thinking how awesome would it be if they made like an Expendables with like medieval characters like, you got Dar, Mad Mardigan, Inigo Montoya, Conan. Well, maybe not Inigo Montoya. That's kind of farther in the future. Uh, who else? Any other fantasy characters? And you have, like, a League of Extraordinary Badass Swordsman. <laughs> and like they the like real ones that have been around. Yeah. And they go fight, you know, Bad Morda is back from the dead and teams up with James Earl Jones. And uh, He-Man. He's, he's Mayak. <laughs> yeah, Dolph, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren from the Master of the Universe movie. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and they all just like, back, there's got to be a scene where they're all back-to-back sword fighting like an entire army and they just kill everybody. That'd be amazing. Just if I, if I would have won that Powerball this past weekend, the $360 million, <laughs> I would make that movie. Yeah. I would spend the entire amount. <laughs> It'd be the most expensive to, movie but... ever. <laughs> we don't have to get Schwarzenegger for Conan. It'd be a little It'd be pricey. Very expensive, yeah. Especially since you're not his friend. Yeah. So. <laughs> Kilmore we could get for cheap, I'm sure. Singer we could get for dirt cheap. Who else did I say? Lundgren might be a little more since he's kind of had a resurgence with Expendables and 
You just got to convince him that he hasn't had a reception. <laughs> Nobody likes you, Dolph. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, the ensemble it. aspect of Expendables that sold tickets, not just you. Yeah. Oh, I was most excited to see him in it just because he wasn't in anything since, like, Masters of the Universe. He's in the most recent uh, Universal Soldier. Which is on Netflix now. And I, wanted to, I like, haven't tasted that yet. I started it and, like, it's it's dumb. It, I couldn't. I just had to turn it off. Like, I ain't got time to watch this right now. Right, right. It's, nah. Although, like, I think on that episode of Geekly Dose, when that trailer, like, our Red Band trailer, is, it makes it look super awesome. Yeah. But apparently all that must be in the second half of the movie. Because uh, I watched half of them just like, this is going nowhere fast. <laughs> I'm done with it. I turned it off. But anyway, uh, next week everybody celebrating the like we teased before celebrating celeb celebrating I'm so. celebrating <laughs> we're celebrating the release of the new Evil Dead by reviewing and going over revisiting the original Evil Dead trilogy. So next week we'll start with part Four one trilogy. Nice. Yep, Dana's got to see it all. And of course, yes, we know Army Darkness was in the '90s, but he has to see Evil Dead Two was in the '80s, and he has to see what happens at the end of Evil Dead Two. Can't leave him hanging. So, this week, uh, next week will be Evil Dead 1, and then the week after that uh, will be Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. So, we will see you then, everybody. Till next time, I'm Trey Harris. I'm Daniel Sinangelo. Jess Sedgley. Cow up. Bunga. That was an eagle drop. Scotch! <laughs> <laughs>